What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one it's transfer tips for game week 24. So I'm going to go through some of the popular players that people are thinking about bringing into their teams and possibly some of those that they're thinking about selling as well and discuss whether they are good moves or not. If you enjoyed the video make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already and make sure to check out Fantasy Football Hub. They've got a seven day free trial at the moment and 30% off. All the links you need are in the description below. Loads of tools over there to help you out of your FPL team. Make sure to check them out. Otherwise, let's get into it. So I want to start by talking about Man City in general because they only played their game from game week 23 last night against Brentford. They won 3-1. And obviously, they got Everton at home in game week 24, followed by a double game week in game week 25. So a lot of people are going to be looking to bring their players in, possibly this week. And some of you might still be thinking about selling some of them as well. I think Foden only dropped in price like a week or two ago. I sold Alvarez in game week 23. Some people might still be considering that. So it's worth talking about them now the interesting thing about the lineup is all of the key fpl attackers started so i would say the key four are harland de bruyne alvarez and foden they're probably the most owned some of you might have bernardo silva he started as well on the right some of you might have doku who was on the bench but ultimately the four main attackers are probably harland alvarez de bruyne and foden they all started this game Foden was on the left alvarez and de bruyne more central bernardo silva on the right and obviously harland playing number nine as ever so a couple of takeaways from that. It's probably a good thing from a minutes perspective that all four of those players played. It shows that Pep Guardiola is willing to put them all in the same team, which we have seen before, but not that often, mostly due to injuries and stuff like that. And the fact that they won 3-1 will also be a good thing for that happening again moving forward. It doesn't mean that this is going to be the lineup every single week. I just think overall it's a good thing um, for their minutes. And I would say they were pretty comfortable like Brentford did have a few chances. Obviously, they got their um, goal as well from uh, uh, direct from Flecken, basically, all the way down to more pay up front. Um, but ultimately, Man City were pretty comfortable in that game. Now, if we talk about some of these players individually, I think it was pretty good for Haaland's minutes moving forward that he started, first of all, but then played about 85 minutes. And at that point, it was already 3-1. Brentford probably weren't going to get back into that game. He could have come off a little bit sooner. So I think that's good for him moving forward. And so far, during Haaland's time at Man City, whenever he's been fit, he's always started. So I think if you're looking for a triple captain in game week 25, he's the obvious one to go for at the moment. De Bruyne, first of all, started, but then played the whole game as well. That has to be a good thing for him you know, in the future game weeks as well. So if you've got De Bruyne, obviously you're not getting rid of him anytime soon. I would say for anyone thinking about bringing him in, of course, I don't hate it, right? Everton at home, double game week, then Bournemouth away in 26. Is there a chance that he starts all four of those games? I'm a bit more encouraged now that he's played the full game against Brentford, but it's still not a complete guarantee. I would still stand by the fact, I don't think De Bruyne is necessarily worth ripping your team up for. Because he's quite expensive, right? He continues to go up in price. He's now, let's have a look here, 10.8 million. And I would say that last night is a classic Kevin De Bruyne game where he's really involved. He's putting in a lot of crosses, creating a lot of chances. He finished on 0.49 expected assists last night, but hardly any shots, right? His expected goals were 0.08. And that is basically Kevin De Bruyne of FPL all over. He will score goals, of course, but his goal threat's not that high. You're relying on assists. And he is one of those players that when he gets an assist, he tends to also get bonus as well. But for 10.8 million, I feel like I need more than that, especially when he doesn't have penalties either. You're never going to captain him when Haaland's fit as well. So it's not that I think he's a bad option. 
I just don't think that anyone sat there without him should be panicking. That's all, right? If you've got the money, you've got a route to him. I think he's a good option, but I don't think he's worth panicking about necessarily. Alvarez, I think, has provided a bit of a dilemma for anyone that owns him now because there's only three forward slots, and that's going to be a common theme in this video. But if he's willing to play him and De Bruyne and Haaland, is there any need to get rid of him when you've got Everton at home and a double game week coming up? Whether you haven't got, let's say you've got Haaland up front and Alvarez, whoever that third forward is, let's say Solanke or Watkins, you probably don't need to bring the other one in for Alvarez. So I think if I had him, I'd now be pretty tempted to stick. Is he going to start three in the next three? Not necessarily, but you probably get two starts and that might be enough to hold on to and then maybe deal with him later on. And then again, Foden, I think is, I mean, he outscored De Bruyne last night, so I'm happy about that. As you know, I benched him, which is a bit frustrating, but look, I played Saka, he got nine points. These things happen. But one, that won't have done his chances of staying in the team any harm whatsoever. I also think it's pretty good that he played on the left. So uh, Pep didn't start Grealish or Doku in that position. He wanted Foden to be in that team. So we've got a player now that can play on the left, on the right, and centrally. And he costs a lot less than De Bruyne as well. So I think Foden, if you want a Man City midfielder, you can't get up to De Bruyne. Foden is clearly the one to go for. And I'm pretty glad that I've got him in my team. As I said before, when I bought him, it was kind of best of the bad bunch right i got him for burning at home there wasn't really any other midfielders i wanted to start planning for the double game week but i still like him as an option whether or not i would keep him long term i don't know but i think he looks great again can i guarantee you he's going to start all three of the next three no but he should get at least two starts you would say outside chance of all three and obviously could come off the bench as well so i think right now and i, I think we'll pro i'll probably get asked this question again next week if i was picking three man city players who would i go for Haaland, clearly. Then probably De Bruyne, if you can fit him in easily. But I don't think it's worth ripping your team apart. So I'd probably go Foden and then take your pick from the rest. I think with Walker starting last night, that is a good thing, of course. And if he starts in 24, I'd be pretty confident about him starting both games in 25. Because up until that bench in last week, he started every other game. So I think Walker is definitely back on the menu. If you need to go someone a bit cheaper, I have got my eye on Vardiol now. Um, he started a lot of games in a row. Now I don't want to, I don't want to get caught into the trap of thinking he's nailed on because I would never say that about a Man City defender. But he's played four ninety minutes in a row, and I just think for four point eight million, he might be worth the risk. And I like the fact that he plays in game week twenty six as well against Bournemouth away. There's no blank there, and for me, it would probably just be selling someone like Charlie Taylor, who's no good to me anyway. So for me, Vardyol might be worth the risk. Would I sell Trent or Porro or one of my Arsenal defenders for him? Not necessarily, or I wouldn't rule it out. But I think for that price, for a Man City defender, it just could be worth the risk. It's worth saying that players like Akanji and Stones are not flagged anymore. So maybe they come into the team, and obviously that's just a couple of extra centre-backs to go with the, amount, the, the huge amount they've already got. Um, but I think right now, if I had to pick someone outside of Walker, it would probably be Ake or Vardio, and I'd probably just take the cheaper one of the two. I mean, Vardio can obviously play centre-back. He can play left-back as well. Uh, I guess he could also invert into midfield if Pep needed him to do that, if Stones wasn't available. So I just think all round, he's a pretty good option for 4.8. Would I take him ahead of Walker? Probably not. So that's Man City in general. I don't think I've missed anything else out. Uh, I mean, Diaz is probably the most nailed defender outside of Walker, but I don't know if he's worth going for over Walker or Vardio for FPL. And obviously, if you want someone who's absolutely nailed on super cheap attacking, then Rodri is the one. 
Um, what's going to happen in the next game? No idea. I wouldn't like to predict Man City. It could be complete change. Foden could go back to the right. Bernardo Silva could come out of the team. Doku could start. We don't know. But I think last night's game has given me a bit more confidence in all those attackers' minutes. And the fact that De Bruyne played the whole game and Harden played almost the whole game, that's got to be good for them moving forward too. I've said moving forward quite a lot, haven't I? Anyway, there we go. That's my thoughts on Man City. All right, let's move on to some individual players and talk about Purvis Estrepinia. Now, he has become a bit of a problem for FPL because in game week 22 against Luton, he was hooked at half time. Then in game week 23 against Palace, he didn't even start. He only got about 10 or 15 minutes off the bench. So if you don't own him, it's pretty clear. You just don't bring him into your teams whatsoever. Um, Spurs away in game week 24 is not that great anyway. Brighton will almost certainly concede in that one. And afterwards, between game weeks 25 and 28, they got Sheffield United away, Everton at home, Fulham away, and Forest at home, which isn't bad. But straight after that, they will probably blank in 29. And even if they don't, it's Man City at home. So there's no clean sheet there either. And obviously, it's all right having good fixtures between 25 and 28. But if you ain't going to play, then it doesn't really matter. You've got blanks and doubles to contend with pretty soon. Purvis Eschipino is just not worth buying. If you own him, it's a little bit of a different conversation. I think he's sellable, right? If it makes your life easier in terms of bringing in a double game week player or managing the blank in 26, I think Eschipinian is more than okay to sell because obviously you cannot guarantee his minutes going forward and 24 is not a great fixture anyway. The only thing I would say is most people probably weren't going to play him this game week either way. So you could give yourself another week's worth of thinking time and a week's worth of information before you make any decisions. Because if you've got three other players you can play this week, you can just stick him on the bench, and then maybe play him against Sheffield United away in game week 25. It's also worth saying that for Brighton, the player that played on the left at the weekend against Palace was Lamptey. He does not have a great record at staying fit. So obviously, if he gets injured, the minutes for Estrepinian go up as well. So I don't think it's a case that Estrepinian who's in people's teams, absolutely has to be sold this week. But I would start about start thinking about what your plan is as, in terms of when you might get rid of him. Also for 25, I would have a look at your team to see which players or which three defenders you actually want to play that week. Because if you've got some double game week ones, Eshipina might not even get a place anyway, even though he's got Sheffield United away. So this is my team on the My Team Tool on Fantasy Football Hub. As always, links in the description below if you want to check it out. I've put Estepinian in my team for Poro, right? Just as an example uh, for game week 24. And in 25, obviously, I'm not going to bench Trent with a double game week. I might think about getting a Man City defender in as well. So obviously, I would play them with their double. And then I'd have at least one more Arsenal defender with Burnley away. So even if I had Estepinian, and I could guarantee that he was going to start, I probably would play them over the Arsenal defender. But if I was not confident about the minutes, I'd probably bench him anyway. So I don't think... SGPNN is far from essential, right? Let's make that clear. Uh, and I think if you needed to sell him this week to make your life easier for another move, that is more than reasonable, even though he's got Sheffield United in game week 25. If you've got three other defenders to play this week, give yourself another week's worth of information. So it's not often a defender concedes four goals and then gets over 100,000 chances in for the next game week, but that's exactly what's happened with Kieran Trippier. Obviously, it helped that he got a goal and assist and finished on nine points. Um, do I think this is a good move for game week 24? I don't think it's awful because over the next four game weeks, Newcastle have got Forest away and Bournemouth at home next two. They've got a guaranteed fixture in 26, albeit Arsenal away, which is not great. And then Wolves at home in 27. So the next four aren't awful. And we know what Trippier can do. We know how attacking he can be. But I just feel like 
most people's teams don't need to focus on bringing him in. I know that Trent has got some minutes concerns at the moment. Some people aren't enamored by having Man City defenders in their team, etc. We've just spoken about Estupinian. There is a lack of defenders right now. But is this the priority transfer for most people? I think it made more sense to get Trippier when he had Luton at home last week, ahead of three good fixtures. Now you've got two, one's away. Newcastle are also conceding a lot of goals right now. And of course, Trippier is capable of getting those attacking returns. But clean sheets are the bread and butter for a defender. So I would want to see that. And Newcastle's defensive numbers are not good. They're actually in the bottom three for expected goals conceded this season. And I know a lot of that will be because of the Liverpool game where they got absolutely smashed. But that's not the only game where they've been pretty bad. Like even at home to Luton, they conceded over 2xG. You just wouldn't expect that from Newcastle, at least not from last season. They were such a good defense. So I just think you've got two okay games. One of them's away to Forest, who they conceded 3-2 at home, by the way. Then you've got Arsenal away in 26, which, yes, it's great he's got a fixture, but they almost certainly concede in that game. I just don't think he's needed. I think most people should be focusing transfers on um, getting good players in for 26 blank. But most of all, getting players in for the double in 25. But the focus really should be on Man City and Liverpool players instead. So I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad transfer. I just suspect if I saw most people's teams that are bringing him in, that wouldn't be my first thought of the move to make. And I'm also not quite sure who people are selling. I guess Eshapinian is one. If we have a look at the defenders for transfers out here. So, okay, Poro's being sold by quite a lot. I kind of get that, right? Lack of clean sheets for Spurs. But they have got two home games before that blank in 26. So you could worry about him a little bit later. Saliba being sold. Don't get that at all. Um, Walker being sold. Again, don't get that after he started last night. Maybe if he'd been benched again, that would make sense. But it's, the good chances now that Walker's minutes are good. Matty Cash, okay. But if Cons is out, Cash's minutes might be okay. Trent being sold by 30,000, that makes no sense whatsoever. I, I don't know. I just, I think Trippy is good, right? And he could absolutely smash it next couple. But for 6.8 million, I feel like that would block a few people's moves for those double game week attackers. Anyway, look, it's not my team. I don't think Trippy is a bad option by any means. I just don't think that game week 24 is necessarily the best time to be bringing him in. All right, let's talk about Richarlison. Two goals against Everton at the weekend. And I think FPL managers celebrated more than Richarlison did because obviously Everton was his old club. But he's on a great run of form at the moment. Nine goals in his last eight games. And if you are someone that didn't go for him because of that blank in 26, I think you can consider yourselves a little bit unlucky. I don't think that was the worst call to have made. I got pretty lucky when I bought him in because had I waited another week or two, I probably wouldn't have gone for him either. And the closer you get to that blank in 26, the less reason there really is to bring Richardson in. The problem is, the two games before that in 24 and 25, are Brighton at home and Wolves at home. Spurs are definitely scoring in both of those games. Richardson's the main man through the middle. His goal threat is really good. 0.58 expected goals per 90. There is a chance that he goes into both of those games and gets more returns. Then after the blank, is Palace at home in 27, Villa away in 28 and Fulham away in game week 29. And both of those teams are out of the FA Cup, so that fixture is guaranteed to be on. Now, some of you might have already decided on your chip strategy, and if you're free hitting in 29, there's less need to really worry about having Richarlison for that. And if you are free hitting in 29, the fact that he's also got the blank in 26 would maybe make me think about continuing to ignore him. But outside of that, he's still probably an okay transfer in, as long as it doesn't disrupt your plans too much in 26. I spoke a few weeks ago about how I thought Richarlison might be 
a better option to bring in than Jota, even with the double. But obviously, the closer we get to the double, my thoughts on that have kind of reversed. So if it was one of Jota or Richardson that you were bringing in this week, you would absolutely go for Jota instead, because Burnley at home in 24 is great. Then you've got the two fixtures in 25, and they both blank in 26 either. So part of the discussion about whether you should bring him in really depends on one who you're replacing and two who you're not going for instead because as i've spoken a lot about over the last couple of weeks we've got five midfield slots and three forward slots and lots of players to go into them you've got to go for the best five essentially and sometimes the bigger decision is who you're leaving out so again for me if i bring jotter in it's almost certainly got to be for anthony gordon so that i can keep hold of richarlison i haven't completely ruled out selling Richarlison to fund a bigger move for someone like Kevin De Bruyne instead but that's what I was talking about earlier about do I really need to rip my team apart to do that probably not so I think Richarlison probably is right now one of the top five midfielders but if you were thinking about bringing him over Jota I wouldn't do that if it's going to make you really stuck for game week 26 I would probably continue to ignore him and just hope that he doesn't do damage over the next two games which he absolutely could so over 200,000 managers have brought him in I think it's a pretty good move, but I think carefully about one, how many doublers you want for 25, and if you put Richarlison in, is he taking the place of a better midfielder? And two, how are you going to factor in game week 26? So again, you can use the My Team tool on Fantasy Football Hub. So I actually had to cut there because I realized I didn't have my actual FPL team in the tool, but I've sorted that out now. But all I really wanted to show you is how I'm thinking about game week 26 and the fact that Chelsea... Luton, Spurs, and Liverpool all blank. And if you're someone that doesn't own Richardson, these are the kind of things that I would consider before you get him in, even though he looks like such a good option right now. Now, I haven't decided on my moves for this week, right? But something that I'm considering is Watkins to Darwin Nunez, who will double in 25 and blank in 26, and then Gordon to Jota, who's obviously exactly the same, will double in 25, blank in 26. Um, and for game week 25, my team would then look pretty good. I'd have three Liverpool players uh, with doubles and I'd have Harden and Foden. Maybe I'd bring in another Man City player. I'll decide that in game week 25. But in game week 26, I've got a lot of players blanking. So I've got Porro, Richarlison, Palmer, and then my three Liverpool players as well. So six players blanking. And I've also got Charlie Taylor on the bench who's currently injured. I'm not expecting him back for 26 either. Now I've spoken previously that Liverpool's fixtures after the blank are not that great. They're probably blank in 29 as well. So my priority would probably be to sell those three players and I would bench Richardson, Porro and Palmer and then hope that maybe Charlie Taylor is back. So for my team going into 26, I might have to make like three, maybe four transfers just to kind of sort that out. Now I'm kind of okay with that. I may even just play 10 players in 26 because I think, although I'm taking a dent in points for that week, it'll be good for the long term. But you might be in a different position where you've got even more issues in your team and adding Richarlison just provides another problem. So it's it's difficult at this stage of the season to sit here and say Richarlison is or isn't a really good transfer in. Like in general, I think he's brilliant for the next two game weeks, but that might cause you major problems after that. And for your team, it might not be worth bringing him in. So if you want to kind of go through your team, obviously links in the description below. But overall, general takeaway, Richarlison good, but might not be the right move for your team. So there's been over 150,000 transfers out already for Jared Bowen this week. And I've got to be honest, I'm not completely surprised. They've got a pretty difficult fixture in game week 24, which is Arsenal at home. And the returns recently have not been great whatsoever. So it's one assist in the last five game weeks 
and that came against Arsenal away back in game week 19. So the last four fixtures, which have included Brighton at home, Sheffield United away, Bournemouth at home, and Man United away, zero returns whatsoever. And the underlying numbers have been okay, but nothing to write home about. So I think it's more than reasonable to transfer Jared Bowen out of your team. I've just discussed how there's only five midfield slots. There might be five other midfielders that you want instead. Richarlison's pretty good at the moment. Jota, Foden, De Bruyne, Saka still returning as well. Lots of midfielders to put in there, value ones as well, like Palmer. So for most people, it does make sense. If I had to play devil's advocate, I would say, one, don't make any decisions on Bowen for another couple of days because Aston Villa and Chelsea are playing in the FA Cup fourth round replay on Wednesday evening. And if Chelsea win that game, which I know doesn't look likely right now, but if Chelsea do win that game, Aston Villa versus West Ham will be on in game week 29. It's a home game for West Ham. Now, that game is six game weeks away. It's not going to be the be-all and end-all for your team. You might decide to free hit either way. But it might be that you're looking at your midfield thinking, I don't need to sell Bowen. There's no other midfielder that I want to get. And after Arsenal, which is a tough game, they got Forest away, Brentford at home, Everton away, Burnley at home, which are not bad for a player that absolutely plays 90 minutes every single game. And then that fixture in 29 could be on as well. Of course, Villa might beat Chelsea and then that fixture is probably going to be off. But it's worth at least giving yourself another couple of days to think about. And at this point, if you've not already sold him, you've missed the price drop anyway. He's probably not going to drop in price for another few days at least. So there's not too many reasons I can give you to keep hold of Bowen, apart from just playing devil's advocate for the sake of the video. But he is a 90-minute player. His underlying numbers are not bad this season. The fixtures coming up are pretty good as well. I wouldn't say there's a rush to get rid of him, but I completely understand that most people that do own him are very frustrated, whilst there's a lot of other midfielders that are doing well. So if you're selling Bowen to, I don't know, even like Richarlison or Jota or Foden or De Bruyne, they're probably all pretty good moves. I'll tell you for one thing, Bowen is not someone at the top of my list that I'm looking to bring in anytime soon. But things can change quickly in FPL. If that fixture's on, on in 29, then I might change my mind on that. So after his hat-trick against Chelsea the weekend, Mateus Cunha is very popular this week. Nearly 100,000 transfers in already. And there's a lot to like about him, right? He's 5.7 million. He may or may not be first-choice penalty taker for Wolves. I think to really know the answer to that question... We need to see him and Huang on the pitch at the same time and someone like Neto to win the penalty instead. But either way, he's got a chance. His underlying numbers are not bad. 0.33 expected goals per 90, 0.11 expected assists. Those numbers are not far off what I just showed you for Bowen. His minutes are good and the fixtures are pretty decent for Wolves coming up as well. So they've got Brentford at home this week. Spurs away in 25, which to be honest with you, wouldn't really worry me too much. The Spurs defence has been pretty poor this season. Uh, Sheffield United at home in 26, Newcastle away in 27, Fulham at home in 28, and then a possible fixture of Bournemouth at home in 29, although it's quite likely that will be a blank game week. We'll have to wait and see. Either way, in the next five game weeks, pretty good. The problem is, right, and he's also got 4.65 points per match, okay? So all round, good value player. The problem is forward slots are almost, it's almost to a point where they're even more precious than midfield ones. Because all of a sudden, there's lots of forwards we want, and there's only three spots for those. And I just don't see where Cunha gets in, especially with Salah injured at the moment. And look, Klopp may say in his press conference this week that he's going to be back for uh, 24 against Burnley. That might change the conversation. But right now, Salah's not an option, and therefore people have got a lot of money to spend. and They don't really need to put someone like Cunha into their team. So my forward uh, spots at the moment 
are taken up by Watkins, Solanke, and Haaland. I want to put Darwin Nunez in. Tony also has a double in 25. And for anyone without a free hit, Tony's got a double in 25, a game in 26, and a guaranteed game in 29. There's also someone else I'm forgetting, Alvarez. Some people might not want to get rid of him. So that's already six forwards that I just mentioned that are all reasonable and viable to have in your team. Would you drop any of them to put Cunha in instead? Maybe if you really wanted to get De Bruyne in and you needed a cheap forward to fund that, then you could look at him. But if you're happy with the way your team is set up, there's just no need to do that. So again, it's just the circumstances of FPL right now that money is not necessarily super tight because of Salah. There's lots of doubles coming up and lots of blanks as well where other forwards might be better options. And you just don't need that cheap enabler. So unfortunately, after a hat-trick, um and not just that right i think Cunha is just a good option for his prize probably gonna have to completely ignore him now in game week 26 when liverpool spurs chelsea etc all blanking then i'm gonna start looking at wolves because i get on, i get on them for sheffield united at home newcastle away and fulham at home and also they might enable me other moves as well um so for example right if i do watkins to darwin and gordon to jota i can't simply go back from darwin straight to uh Watkins I would have to downgrade one of Jota or Trent but it still probably wouldn't be Cunha that I bring in right I would do Darwin back to Watkins and I might fund that with Jota to Huang or Jota to Neto instead so I just think Cunha just doesn't fit into our teams right now he's a really good value player and I'm sure he'll continue getting points and make me look stupid as most players do but I just think for most people most FPL managers there's just no need to get him right now let's reassess in game week 26 instead if you've enjoyed that video make sure to give it a like hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already trying to hit 400k before the end of the season and if you listen on podcast rate five stars too if you wouldn't mind i'll be back tomorrow with team selection and on thursday i'm going to do the double game week video uh friday final thoughts good time to get your questions in then and of course the deadline stream on saturday i'll catch you again tomorrow sports social podcast network